0: The scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks
1: Thanks be to God. Wow, those are pretty powerful words there verse 20. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We have images of scribes and Pharisees as being the evil ones in the Bible, but they were pretty religious. They, were, they did a lot of things we'd, we don't do. Unless your righteousness exceeds them, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we pray that these words of yours from the Sermon on the Mount might uh, sink in with us in a new way help us to hear what you were saying to those who gathered with you those many years ago and understand what they mean for us today so speak to us Lord your servants are listening amen you know, salt is one of the most uh, valuable substances in the world. We, we kind of take it for granted. Um, and for some people, we're trying to reduce the amount of salt in our diet. Um, and so it's very easy to kind of think of salt as maybe being more of a troublemaker than really something of great value. But it really uh, has, for long, has been extremely valuable for centuries. In fact, um, Roman soldiers were often paid with salt. And uh, our, our word for salary actually comes from the Latin word for salt. Cakes of salt were used in Ethiopia for money and in other parts of Africa as well. And one of the oldest roads in Italy is called the Via Salaria, which means the salt route. Because it was the route by which the Romans would, would transport salt all throughout Italy. But the salt is valuable, not so much, you know, it, it's like they used it for that because it had value. And, and the, the reason it's so valuable is that it makes life possible for humans and for animals. Salt is needed in order to transmit nerve impulses in our body makes it possible for muscles to contract and relax. That's including the heart muscle. It helps maintain a proper fluid balance in our bodies. Simply put, without salt we would die. Salt is also possible uh, because it acts as a preservative. Long before we had uh, refrigerators or freezers, um, that's how meat, fish would be stored in, in great barrels of salt. <laughs> Thus, it became known as a uh, kind of a long-lasting kind of substance of endurance. And it was used in sacrificial offerings. There, they would bring salt to the altar of whatever deity was being uh, worshipped. And that was true uh, throughout the ages, even including uh, our Jewish ancestors. They would bring salt to the altar. It represented an, an enduring relationship, a covenant, if you will. It also, um, kind of interesting, we, we know at this time of the year that it, it actually reduces the melting point of snow and ice. And that's why it's used to put out on the street when cold weather comes. And of course, without, you know, as the children had suggested earlier, it, it adds taste to our foods. In its crystalline form, it is actually transparent. You might say invisible. No wonder Jesus used salt as a symbol of discipleship. In so many words, what Jesus was saying is that salt makes a difference. It's essential. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not something that we can just pass off as of no value. Salt makes a difference in the world. And so what he's saying when he says you are the salt of, of the earth is that we should be making a difference as well. well. Let's take a look at light because he goes on to say you are the light of the world. Light is also important. It's one of the most uh, unique, uh, I guess, substances, if you will, in the universe. It travels at the speed of 186,282 miles per second. To put that in perspective, light can travel around the earth seven and a half times in one second. That's pretty fast. (laughs) Nothing else can move that fast. It's electromagnetic, so it has the properties of a wave, if you will, an electronic wave. But it also operates like a particle. It can be bent by gravity. It illuminates objects by reflection. It can be reflected. And if it were not for that ability to be reflected, uh, we wouldn't be able to see anything. Light would just kind of keep on going, and we'd never be able to see objects. We see them because light reflects off of them. It also refracts. It it bends, in other words, and it separates. And so because of that, we're able to see all the various wavelengths, at least, that's visible to our eyes. And so we begin to see beautiful colors and and, uh, rainbows, if you will. And light can also provide warmth from the heat it generates. So when you think about all those properties, can you imagine now, can't you see why Jesus would say that you and I are the light of the world? It makes a difference having light in the world. And so what he's saying is you make a difference as well. Jesus said we are salt and light. And so he's calling on us to make a difference. We're not here just to kind of soak up the blessings that God gives to us. We're not here to soak up the salt and light of others, not to sit back in our rocking chair and put our feet up and sip our mint juleps. We're not here to just party our way through life. We're here to make a difference, to be of value. We're here to, to preserve life, if you will, like salt. We're... We're here to lower the melting point of angry people. (laughs) I think we need a lot of salt right now in our society. We're here to add spice to people's lives, to to make their lives better, to, to make their lives worth living. We're here to help people see the world differently, to see real life, what it really looks like from God's perspective. We're here to bring warmth and beauty to the world, like light often does. Now, the, the reality is, if we're honest with each other, sometimes we don't feel like we can do that. We don't really feel like we can make much of a difference. We, and so we, we sometimes just kind of go through life just kind of just living day to day for ourselves because we really can't see how we can make a difference when we look at all the problems of the world. We may feel like we're just one little crystal of salt in a salt-filled sea. We may feel like we're just one little wavelength in a whole spectrum of light on a sunlit day. And the truth of the matter is we're not alone in feeling that way. In fact, the Bible is full of people who probably felt that way, but God was able to use. Like take Noah, for instance. Noah, Noah lived out in a kind of a wilderness setting, almost a desert, if you will. And it was in that setting that God comes to him and says, "I want you to build a boat. I want you to help save the world." Moses could hardly speak. In fact, some uh, commentators think that maybe he had a speech impediment or maybe he stuttered. But but the, the reality was he, he really couldn't speak very well, but it was Moses that God called upon to go and speak to Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would free the Hebrew people from their slavery. Remember Esther? Esther was a Jewish orphan. Her parents had died when she was very young and she was raised by her uncle Mordecai in Persia in Persia where the Hebrews were in slavery and yet she rose to become the queen of Xerxes, the queen of Persia and it was in that role that she was able to save her people, the Hebrew people. Mary was a peasant girl Who was was she? How would she ever be remembered? And yet it was this peasant girl named Mary that God called upon to become the mother of God. And her betrothed Joseph was just a lowly carpenter. And he was tasked to raise this little child, Jesus, to become the savior of the world. Years later, Timothy really thought he was too young to be of any value to anyone let alone the gospel of Christ and yet the apostle Paul tapped him to spread the the gospel all across the known world and Paul himself the apostle Paul started out as a hater of Christianity and yet he became perhaps its greatest champion. Now, you would say, well, I'm not a Noah or a Moses or a Esther. I'm not Mary or Joseph or Timothy or, or Paul. But the reality is every one of us have been given opportunities to become salt and light in our own spheres of influence. Mother Teresa was once surrounded by a group of reporters And one of the reporters asked Mother Teresa, what would you do if you were surrounded by a thousand hungry children and you had only enough food to feed one child? What would you do? And without hesitation, Mother Teresa said, feed the one. Feed the one. Isn't that what it's all about, about being salt and light? Even when we don't feel like we have anything to offer, isn't it about feeding the one, having a direct effect on the next person we meet. If you look closely, you'll see that there are examples of salt and light all around us. My oldest son, Matthew, went to uh, college in Memphis, school, a Presbyterian school called Rhodes. And while he was there, he and another student started a, a kind of an art project where he and this other student would teach homeless people. How to paint and draw and and make ceramics, and it was done at a nearby Presbyterian church, and so church members also got involved in it. It was called more than art. By the time he finished his career there as a student, and Matthew was ready to graduate, he invited two of his uh, homeless friends to come to his graduation, and. They, t- they told us that they had known students throughout uh, the many years that they had been homeless in Memphis, but it, that, that experience was the first time they had ever been invited to a graduation by one of the students. Afterward, we went to a pizza parlor to, to have pizza together. The, the two men who were probably in their mid to upper 50s, one named Lee was a uh, recovering alcoholic. And he sat across the table, kind of at the end, with my son Matthew, who himself was probably 21, 22 years of age. And and I sat at the other end, but I could overhear them talking, and Lee was talking to my son Matthew. And I heard him say to Matthew, Matthew, you saved my life. There there was never a more proud moment that I had as a father to hear those words out of the mouth of a 50-some-year-old man who was wrestling with alcoholism, telling my 21, 22-year-old son, you saved my life. Matthew was salt and light to Lee during those years that he, he spent at Rhodes. Dave Wheatley, in 1999, Went with uh, building goodness to uh, Haiti, arriving in Fort Prince and moving on eventually up to Fort Liberté, Cap-Haïtia. He was there to help uh, some of his co-workers to build a medical clinic. And he tells the story, and he could tell it better than I, how uh, they, in one of their lulls of uh, building, they they noticed uh, some of the street kids didn't have any shoes and so they bought some shoes in the nearby market and they, they, they passed out these shoes to the, to the young kids. But Dave also noticed an, an older gentleman seeing off to the side who happened to be blind and he looked at his feet and the man had, had shoes that were basically falling off his feet and so Dave made sure that he had a pair of shoes as well. But then when he went to put the shoes on the man, he noticed that the shoes the man had didn't even have bottoms underneath. And that's when Dave broke down and wept. Well, as he went to put the shoes on, there were no socks. And so Dave took his own socks off and gave to the man. It was that experience that Dave brought back to uh, to Charlottesville. And over the years, little by little, he, he gathered other folks who were also interested in making a difference in Haiti. And uh, now I think we're probably months away from completing the orphanage, aren't we? Um, working with uh, Jerusalem Baptist Church in Fort Liberté and with other folks here in the United States, the orphanage is almost complete. There's a There's a farm now, and there's the clinic, and there's just so much that's going on there. Dave is an example of salt and and light in the world. When I was a young boy, you know my story where I lost my mother and younger sister in an automobile accident when I was 10. Eventually, my brother, my older brother and I, ended up with our dad in a little apartment up in Northern Virginia. And... um, We got involved in a Boy Scout troop. There were only, I think, six boys in the troop, so my brother and I were one-third of the whole troop. It was sponsored by a United Methodist Church that didn't even have a building. In fact, the church, the congregation met in the basement of the Marriott Motel. It was a motel then, there in Roslyn. The associate pastor, who really was the pastor of that church, Clark Blevins, he and his wife, Millie, got to know us because of our circumstance sometimes my dad had to go back into Walter Reed Hospital because of his injuries from the accident and and so Mr and Mrs B as we called them would come and bring us food and they would take my brother and me to church with them on Sunday and and they really became our family when i turned 14 my dad died of a heart attack and so the Blevins took us into their home and and be, Came our first set of foster parents and um, you know when I think about the Blevins they're now passed on I, and I think of them often I think you know I wouldn't be here today I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it weren't for Mr. and Mrs. B and for what they did and how they cared for two young boys living with their father in, a, in an apartment building. They were examples for me of salt and light. Roger Swanson and his brother when they were teenagers used to break into a church because the church had a pool table. It was a downtown church. They would have to scale the fence and eventually break into the church so they could play pool. And this happened many times. And members of the congregation were confused about the break-ins because nothing was taken, but, but clearly someone was breaking into the church. And so one, one evening when Roger and his brother broke into the church, the pastor was waiting for them. He was standing off in, in the darkened corner of the pool room. And as they went into the room, he stepped out into the light. And instead of telling him to get lost, he put out his hand that had a key to the church. <laughs> he gave them a key to their church. And he said, come here as often as you like. Well, Roger tells this story now as a pastor. He's retired now, but it's a true story of a of a of a person in a church that saw an opportunity to be salt and light. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You and I are here to make a difference. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us when we think we're too young or too old or too inexperienced. Forgive us for thinking the problems of this world are too great. Help us to see the importance of being salt and light in a world that is desperate for both. Help us, Lord, to make a difference. Amen.